Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's June 6th, 2019, and this is episode 23. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. New in theaters this week, we've got three new releases of note. First one is The Secret Life of Pets 2, which is an animated comedy from Universal Pictures and Illumination Entertainment. Uh, The Secret Life of Pets 2, shockingly, will follow the 2016 blockbuster The Secret Life of Pets. And it just appears to be a continuation about uh, the story of the lives that pets leave after their uh, humans leave for work or for school each day. To me, the the premise of this just reminds me a lot of the Pixar Toy Story films. <laughs> Rather than the toys, uh, you know, their secret life, it's it's uh, it's what the pets do when the humans aren't around. So the the creative team for from the first film is is basically intact for this sequel, with the exception of Max the dog. He's the he's the um, primary uh, animal character. Uh, in the first film, he was voiced by uh, Louis C.K., who, uh, as you know, uh, got involved with some of those Me Too accusations and, and admissions, and uh, they pulled him from the project, and he was replaced by the comedian Patton Oswalt. Uh, Patton Oswalt, as you may recall, was also the voice of Remy the Rat in Pixar's Ratatouille, but he's a, he's a good vocal artist, and... Um, I'm sure he'll do just fine. Uh, again, this appears to be just more of the same. So if you like the first film, hopefully you like this one too. The Secret Life of Pets 2 is rated PG by the Motion Picture Association of America for some action and rude humor. Next up is the film Late Night, which is a comedy from Amazon Studios. Uh, this film was written by and stars Mindy Kaling, uh, and it also stars Emma Thompson. The film debuted at the Sundance Film Festival earlier this year. To much acclaim. Uh, I didn't see it at the festival, uh, so I'm excited to to uh, see it in, in theaters this summer. Uh, Emma Thompson plays a woman named Catherine Newberry, who is uh, a legendary host on a long-running late-night talk show on TV. And uh, she's accused of being a woman who hates women. And uh, what what she does then is she puts affirmative action on her to-do list. And uh, one of the first things that happens is that a female writer gets hired on her staff. Uh, and she is the only female writer. Uh, otherwise, she just has all male writers on her on her writing team. Uh, this character is played, the, the writer, the female writer is played by Minnie Kaling. Um, her name is Molly. Molly might be a little too late in arriving as uh, the uh, formidable Catherine faces the reality of low ratings and a network that wants to replace her. Molly, wanting to prove that she's not simply a diversity hire who's disrupting the comfort of the brotherhood in the writer's room, is determined to help Catherine by revitalizing her show and career and possibly affect even bigger changes at the same time. So, uh, Again, I've heard good things about Late Night from those who saw it at Sundance. It got picked up by Amazon Studios. Uh, 
and and uh, you know, hopefully it's gonna be good. So late night is rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America for language throughout and some sexual references. All right. Um, finally, in in our new releases is Dark Phoenix, which is a superhero action pick from 20th Century Fox. This is the next film in Fox's popular adaptations of the Marvel X-Men comics. Uh, this film stars the same cast that we first met in 2011's X-Men First Class, uh, which includes James McAvoy as Professor X, Nicholas Holt as Beast, Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique, Michael Fassbender as Magneto, and then Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. Uh, Jean Grey is the character... Uh, the main character, as, you, as you've probably seen in the posters and in the previews of this Dark Phoenix film. So uh, this story uh, focuses on Jean Grey that when during a life-threatening rescue mission in space, uh, Jean is hit by a cosmic force that transforms her into one of the most powerful mutants of all. Wrestling with his increasingly unstable power, as well as her own personal demons, Jean spirals out of control tearing the X-Men family apart and threatening to destroy the very fabric of the planet. The press materials say that this film is the most intense and emotional X-Men movie ever made. Um, that was a quote. And is the culmination of 20 years of X-Men movies as the family of mutants that we've come to know and love must face their most devastating enemy yet, one of their own. Now this film's release date seems to have been bumped around uh, a bit by the studio, which sometimes doesn't bode well for a film. I know there's been a lot going on also over at 20th Century Fox with their acquisition by the Walt Disney Company and whatnot. But still, anyway, it's finally it's finally going to open <laughs> on this Friday. And let's just hope it's good and that X-Men fans are going to enjoy it. Uh, speaking of Fox's X-Men movies, just as a quick tangent, now that now that the studio, now that Fox is owned fully by the Walt Disney Company, it's expected that these X-Men characters are going to most likely be integrated into uh, the Marvel Studios uh, team. Yeah, you know, Marvel Studios is the in-house film studio of of Marvel that that, that Disney owns and, and and runs, and that have really been successful with their films. Uh, you know, most recently with, with uh, Avengers Endgame. Um, I just wouldn't be surprised if we had some announcements later this summer, possibly at San Diego Comic-Con or even at Disney's D23 Expo that happens this August about uh, some of the film titles coming up and if the X-Men are going to be, uh, you know, in the near future uh, in some of these Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Um, we'll see. Fox has one more X-Men movie on the release schedule. Uh, and this one is and this one is also they've had it's the its release date has been moved around quite a bit. There have been there have been previews and posters, and I think most recently it was supposed to come out like this August, you know, like in a couple of months. But it's a supernatural horror film called The New Mutants. And it looks to be kind of setting these some 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 teenage X-Men characters in kind of a horror setting. Uh, you know, it didn't look very good to me, but you know how, you know, you know how I feel about horror films. So uh, its release date now is, is April of 2020, and I've read that it is most likely the last of the 20th Century Fox-produced X-Men films 
But, you know, again, uh, we'll see. So Dark Phoenix is rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America for intense sequences of sci-fi violence and action, including some gunplay, disturbing images, and brief strong language. So there you have it. Three uh, new releases this weekend. The Secret Life of Pets 2, Late Night, and Dark Phoenix. Cinema Corner this week. I'd like to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is Turner Classic Movies. Specifically, uh, TCM has brought back uh, one of their nice uh, programming uh, blocks of the week uh, called The Essentials. And uh, this happens every Saturday night now, as it has in, in, in years past. And basically, what they do is they, they, they bring in a guest host or two, and they talk about uh, just really outstanding films. They're not trying to rank the films, or they're not going through some kind of a, you know, they're not creating a list or, or something like that. But they're just talking about uh, high-quality films that, that film lovers should uh watch and be aware of and, 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 you know, learn from them and, you know, and of course enjoy. So this season is co-hosted by TCM primetime host, Ben Mankiewicz, and also by director and producer, Ava, uh, producer, Ava DuVernay. And, uh, this season, the films are really diverse and interesting. It's been going on now since, um, it's it, the ascent, this, this season of the essentials started up again in May and, uh, they've been showing a lot of diverse films. This, this upcoming Saturday is, uh, so Saturday, June 8th, uh, is a documentary from 1976 called Harlan County, USA. Uh, it's directed by Barbara Koppel, and this film documents a 1972 battle over leadership of the United Mine Workers of America and, and the murder of one of their labor leaders. And this is not a, this is not a film I've, I've, I've heard of, and um, you know, I think I'd like to check it out, you know, um, a 70s documentary, and and it's also just interesting to hear what Ben Mankiewicz and, and Ava have to say about it. Last week they showed the classic film West Side Story from 1961, which is just one of Ava DuVernay's favorites, and uh, that was a lot of fun to hear, you know, to hear their commentary and then also to watch that uh, outstanding film. Next week is a film called La Pointe Court from 1955. Uh, this is director Agnes's, Agnes Varda's first film, and again, not one that I've seen. I've seen before, so uh, I definitely am, am am planning to either record it or or watch it if I'm if I'm going to be if I'm going to be home. Uh, that's on June fifteenth. On June twenty second is the crime drama uh, from nineteen seventy five, Dog Day Afternoon, with Al Pacino, and then. Uh, you know the just the the interesting the interesting films continue. They've got uh, all sorts of uh, ones that are, are well known or, or or lesser known. One called Daughters of the Dust is uh, is playing in, uh, on June 29th. That's from the year 1991. On July 6th is the battle the Battle of Algiers from 1966. On July 13th is Gandhi, 
that drama was starring Ben Kingsley uh, in the title role from 1982. Uh, anyway, so just some, you know some cool stuff. I'll put a I'll put a link to the website uh, in the podcast notes, but it's just essentials.tcm.com. You can go check it out and read more about each of these films and and read more about Ben and, and Ava DuVernay and uh, and it's just always exciting to just increase your film vocabulary and and see and being exposed to new things particularly if you are a, a fan and a student of, of, of classic film so one of the things speaking of the essentials you know that I've been doing this year is is uh, there was a book that was published a couple of years ago titled you know TCM the essentials and it's 52 must-see movies and why they matter it's written by Jeremy Arnold who's a, a you know a film scholar and a contributor to TCM, among other things. But I, I've really been having fun with these watching an interesting classic movie. And some of these I've seen, but some of them, some of them I've haven't. And it's just been like having a little mini film school every week. In this book, again, the films aren't ranked. They're 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 placed in the book in chronological order. Um, and I've watched some of these some of these films out of order because I've had an opportunity to see some of them on the big screen or whatnot. But uh, anyway, he 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 writes a little essay, has some has some information about each one of these films, and it, it's it's really a terrific book. If you're interested, again, I'll put a link uh, to this book and also some more information about my my pro- this project that I've been doing uh, that I that I blogged about too. Um, again, it's TCM the Essentials, and uh, this the, the movie that I watched most recently was called The Lady Eve. It's from Paramount Pictures uh, in 1941, and it's directed by Preston Sturgis. Um, stars Barbara Stanwyck and Henry Fonda. And I don't know if this is a film you have heard of before, but it's a screwball romantic comedy, and it just really captured uh, my interest this 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 uh, round. It's a film that I had seen before. But this this particular viewing, I just really fell in love with it. And one of the things I read that Jeremy Arnold was stating, uh, well, and I think that it also it might have been another person too that I read a, a review a review online. But that it's just one of those films that gets better with 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 each viewing. Um, let me just read a couple things that that Jeremy Arnold had to say about it. He states that the film is equal parts funny, romantic, and sexy. And it's one of the finest comedies ever made, in his opinion. Uh, its story contains ingredients of classic screwball comedy that have been around for years. Things like mistaken identity, the juxtaposition of rich and poor, reverse class snobbery, etc. But it incorporates them in such a seamless blend of sophistication and slapstick that the movie f- utterly feels fresh and unique. Uh, Preston Sturgis as also Jeremy Arnold states, was really one of the more unique artists ever to have worked in Hollywood. Um, he uh, he was he began his career in Hollywood as a writer, and then he had a chance to uh, at Paramount Pictures. He sold a script to them for ten dollars if they would let him direct it. And there was a film called The Great McGinty it's from 1940. And he, he became the first major Hollywood screenwriter to take a written and directed by credit. And by doing so, he really paved the way for a lot of other uh, 
people to to do that too. Uh, Jeremy Arnold in the book states that uh, he paved the way for John Huston, Billy Wilder, Sam Fuller, and Blake Edwards. Um, you know, to be both a writer and director of of a film, and then so over the over the five years, the, so from nineteen forty to nineteen forty five, at Paramount Pictures, um, he turned out Preston Sturgis turned out seven comedies uh, that for sheer quality and quantity, excuse me, yeah, for sheer quality and quantity, represent an achievement that has never been equaled, and. Uh, the Lady Eve was the third film in, the, in, the, in that string of, of uh, seven comedies that Preston Sturges did at, um, at Paramount. I think one of those films was uh, Sullivan's Travels. I don't know if you've seen that one, but that's a really good one. Um, but anyway, he uh, terrific director, and he brings out these really great performances from Henry Fonda and Barbara Stanwyck. In the film... Uh, Henry Fonda plays just a super, super nerd. He uh, he is he's a scientist and he's he was he studies snakes, but he also just happens to be filthy rich. He he is the heir to uh, a fortune. Of his his father makes pale ale, as in you know the beverage. <laughs> And, and so he's an heir to this pale ale uh, fortune from his family, and he takes he's taking a Henry Fonda's character is taking a cruise ship home from one of his scientific journeys, and he encounters a father daughter team, um, and, and Barbara Stanwyck plays the daughter, and they're they're con artists, and they're 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 masquerading as rich people, but they try to take people down particularly playing uh cards and and uh but what happens is though henry they they henry fonda and barbara stanwick actually their characters fall in love with each other and so just in classic screwball comedy you know people are falling all over and i mean just all, all, all the crazy stuff and again the mistaken identities but it's just, it's so fun. It's so fresh. It's so fun to see Barbara Stanwyck in her, you know, in kind of the femme fatale role that she is, is, is known for, yet with such a light comedic tone. And, and Henry Fonda is just delightful in, in, in this comedy, too. I just don't recall seeing a lot of comedies, per se. Uh, I, mean, I, know, I know Henry Fonda has made, you know, excelled in every genre that he, you know, that he, uh, acted in but but uh or, you know with films he starred in but i this this film was is, is so much fun i really like what what jeremy arnold had to say about the um uh just about the you know overall the the, the tone and theme of this film he states that fonda and stanwick can no more choose not to love each other than they can choose not to breathe Sturgis's sweet final message is that love is too powerful to be controlled. And that's what makes The Lady Eve such a supremely romantic and essential work of art. So if you get a chance, if you're, you know, if you're interested, I think check out The Lady Eve and, and uh, try something new in the screwball comedy genre and, and uh, 
again, just have some have some fun, have some fun with it. I watched it. I I rented it on uh, off of a, a Apple iTunes or you know just off of you know the a, a, Apple TV. So uh, anyway, the, the the Lady Eve from 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 1941, and also just make sure to set your DVR for the uh, the essentials on TCM on Saturday nights. And um, and uh, also, again, just speaking of TCM, the Lady Eve will be playing on TCM on August 1st. So if you want to mark that on your calendar, too. Well, thank you for listening to the Movies Past and Present podcast this week. Again, links and more information about all of the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Until next time, thanks again. 